For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome, listeners, to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, and I try to bring you a wide variety of information all about you and your health. Now, the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com. And this is a reminder that Village Green is always your resource for questions about your health via the website and the store on Cedar Lane. You can ask questions and get answers. They also carry superior supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, we are honored today to have a, a very important guest. I'm anxious to hear what she has to say. Her name is Dr. Pam Popper, and she is a naturopath and internationally recognized expert on nutrition, medicine, and health. And she's the executive director of Wellness Forum Health. The company offers educational programs for consumer and healthcare providers that facilitate evidence based, collaborative, and informed decision making for health related matters. And we're discussing food over medicine. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you. And I love spreading the word about this very important message. So thank you for the opportunity. Yes, it is an important message. So uh, let's get started um, on a discussion about food over medicine and how you came in into this field, what your background is. I'm interested in that as well. Well, I kind of got into this accidentally. Uh, my background was in business. I was a sales trainer, and um, I wasn't unhappy doing that. I wasn't looking around for something else to do, and I frankly was not interested in taking care of myself. I didn't really think that that was important. I mean, everybody I knew was eating cheese and drinking wine every night at cocktail hour, and, you know, I, I just would eat, drink, and be merry, and work hard, and play hard, and all that was sort of my philosophy of life, and I guess I, looking back, I didn't really realize how overweight and unhealthy I had become at the ripe old age of 38, and so what happened was I read an article, and you have to remember the time, because it would almost sound crazy, what I'm going to tell you now, but in 1994, there was nothing going on in this field, you know, people, right now, you cannot open up your browser without seeing something health-related. All the magazines and television shows, everybody's talking about it, and I don't think there's ever a time on the New York Times list when there isn't a book about diet and health. Well, anyway, back then, not so much, and so I opened up a magazine one day, and there was an article about diet affecting your health, and I thought I was pretty smart. I didn't know anything about that, and it made me curious. And um, a friend loaned me a book that was fortunately written by somebody who really had the right ideas about diet. Uh, John McDougall is, kind of became my mentor that way. And, um, and so this all started for me like, wow, I am a mess and I should clean my act up if I want to live to be 100 and be healthy. And so I did. I, I lost probably 40 pounds and 
ran marath- started running marathons, people people would run into me and they would they would look at me like, who are you and what'd you do with Pam? I mean, it was just a huge turnaround, you know. And um, for a long time, I really didn't have my eye on creating a business around it. But I think at some point in time, I, a lot of people go through this. It's like, my gosh, I didn't know about this. Nobody else knows about it. Everybody should know about it. So that was the inspiration for starting my business. But I really backed into it. You know, if some people know they want to be doctors or teachers or whatever when they're in the ninth grade. I didn't know what I wanted to be and kind of wandered around and just did stuff until I happened upon, upon this. Well, that's a good story, and I always like to hear the individual's uh, stories as to how people get interested. And I I go back to the 70s, and I can tell you, in Maryland, if a doctor told patients that eating more of a plant-based diet would help reduce heart attacks and cancer— if they did that, they were called before the board for practicing quackery. And I would believe it. We, uh, we ended up opening our offices in Washington, D.C., not because they were open, but because they were disorganized and pretty much left, uh, left the health professions alone. And I, I, I always remember that. And what the word at that time, quackery was treating conditions that didn't exist. I came out of dental hygiene, and that's what we do treat conditions that don't exist. It's called prevention. I was shocked that in the medical community, prevention was vaccination, period. And that was it. Right. Uh, so and it's still that way in large part. We have, yes. we have some doctors who've come around, but I would say that not much has changed overall. I know. It's uh, it's a struggle. I will say that more physicians know they don't know much about diet and nutrition. They at least know that, and they are more willing to refer to somebody, a dietitian or nutritionist, who can handle that. It's just my observation over time, but uh, thank you for your input on that. So let's get started about food over medicine. What does that mean? Well, I wrote a book called Food Over Medicine, The Conversation That Could Save Your Life. It's a book that was written interview style, and it talked a lot about what we're going to talk about in a second here, and also the broader picture of healthcare. You know, what are we doing? It's not working. <laughs> we probably should be looking at what we're doing and making some changes in other areas too. But um, chronic degenerative diseases, things like arthritis and type 2 diabetes and cancer and coronary artery disease, these are diseases, they're foodborne illnesses. You eat your way into conditions like this. Um, They're largely foodborne illnesses. And when you change your diet, often these conditions resolve. Um, We have research going back to the early 1990s showing that type 2 diabetics, for example, who adopt a low-fat plant-based diet, insulin-dependent type 2 diabetics, Within about three weeks, almost all of them are medication-free. And you heard that right, three weeks if they adopt the right diet. And so you contrast that with the incessant prescribing of drugs and then procedures in the case of coronary artery disease, angioplasty and bypass surgery. I mean, we're just no end to the things that we do to people. And, and it makes so much more sense to prevent and in some cases treat foodborne illnesses with changes in the food. And that's basically 
one of the services that we provide at Wellness Forum Health is to help people understand that connection so that they can address their health and in a more constructive way. And, and the reason it's so much more constructive is you, is, as you look at a person who's sick, for example, let's take people who have already developed these diseases, you can approach this one of two ways. You can do something about the symptoms. And in the case of coronary artery disease, you can take a statin drug and your cholesterol, your plasma cholesterol is lowered. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a longer life or you're going to avoid a heart attack, but you sure do have some pretty blood work, right? Yes. Or the other thing you can do is address the cause. And the cause is the food. Change the food and you address not just the pretty blood that comes down, but you also get a real change in health and often a reversal of the condition. Yes, that's very well said, uh, very concise, and uh, we're interested in more information that you have to give us uh, with regard to food over medicine in your book. It's a fascinating book, and let's start out with drinking water. That's pretty simple. What is your advice on drinking water? Yeah, everybody needs to drink at least 64 ounces of water a day, adults. And people have this mistaken notion, well, they have a lot of mistaken notions about it. Well, if I needed water, I'd be thirsty. Well, by the time you're thirsty, you are really dehydrated. Um, another mistaken notion is if I'm eating a lot of plant foods, gosh, fruits and vegetables are full of water, so I wouldn't need to drink any supplemental water. Also, not true. So people routinely, it happens every day in the United States of America, they pass out on the conference room floor. I had this happen to a friend of mine in a meeting in New York. Very intelligent guy, very, very wealthy, successful in business, just falls right off his chair in a conference room, and they rushed him to the hospital. And, uh, of course, he was dehydrated. Well, I think you know, you're sitting at a conference table with water in front of you. I think he probably would have had some if he thought he was thirsty. So thirst is not a good indicator. But I, we, could go, we could do the entire show just on the benefits of drinking water, but I'll give people one that's easy to understand and affects everybody, and that is that your blood plasma is mostly water. So if you don't drink enough water, then your blood plasma shrinks, the volume shrinks. And so you can't have empty spaces in your blood vessels, so your blood vessels have to con constrict as well. And you end up with thick, sticky, viscous blood trying to work its way through narrowed veins. And this is a recipe for heart attacks and strokes. And in fact, one research group in Scandinavia did an extensive study. And one of the conclusions they arrived at is the reason why people have heart attacks in the morning is not because they're all stressed out about going to work. It's because that is the most dehydrated part of the day. In other words, you don't drink enough water all day. And then you go to bed and you don't drink any water while you're sleeping, obviously. And you get up and that's the most dehydrated part of the day. And that's when people, that's why so many heart attacks happen in the morning. So everything from that to cognitive health to athletic ability uh, and on and on depends upon proper hydration. And it's an easy, it's probably of all the things that I talk about doing, the easiest thing to do because you can just fill a couple water bottles in the morning and you can see when they're empty and then you know that you drank enough water. Yes, very efficient and very easy to do. Uh, and I like recommendations uh, where our listeners come away from the show from what what they've learned and they can do it right then and there and this is one recommendation people can do as soon as they have access to water and i thank you for that and for those of you who've just tuned in with us you're with the essentials of healthy living on 1500 a.m we're brought to you by village green apothecary i'm dana lake your host for the hour 
please stay with us. We'll be right back after this brief break with more interesting information from Dr. Pam Popper. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. 7 available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA-certified, organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. When it comes to taking a multivitamin, the Pure Encapsulations One multivitamin makes it one and done. This convenient formula provides vitamins, minerals, and other essential nutrients in a comprehensive vegetarian multivitamin for both men and women in a once-daily dose. It includes L5-MTHF, the universally metabolized form of folate, and an antioxidant complex with sustained release, CoQ10, to enhance immunity and support energy metabolism. The One multivitamin, available at Village Green Apothecary. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we're having an interesting conversation with Dr. Pam Popper, who is a naturopath and internationally recognized expert on nutrition, medicine, and health. So we're talking about food over medicine. Uh, We just talked about the importance of water. So let's talk about the optimal diet. Uh, Give us a lot of of, uh, pearls. We need some pearls for learning and what we can do about our diet. Yeah, and I think maybe the place to start with that is to address the fact that there is so much confusion. You talk to one person and they say, this is the optimal diet. You talk to somebody who seems equally qualified and they tell you something that's totally the opposite. But um, there are a couple of things I think it's important to keep in mind. One is that there are places in the world where people live longer than Americans do, for example, 
and they have very low rates of disease. And those are places like Okinawa, Sardinia, uh, the blue zones. And, and yes. we even have a blue zone right here in the United States with the Loma Linda Adventist, Seventh-day Adventist. And if you look at these people and their health status, it's not because they're genetically gifted. It's because their diet and lifestyles are considerably different than ours. Um, another thing that, that you look at is that there are specific diets for every species on the planet. And um, so the idea that there isn't a right diet for humans, for all humans, is just ridiculous. There's a right diet for cats. I mean, you can't feed cats potatoes. They die if you do that because they're carnivores. They have to have animal protein and a considerable amount of fat in the diet. So so there's a right diet for humans. And if we, you know, if we had a lot more time, we could go into the justification a little bit more. But humans thrive on a high-carbohydrate, low-protein, low-fat diet that is predominantly plant-based. It doesn't have to be vegan. And it doesn't have to be as strict as many people imagine. Um, it, can be, it can include a lot of things. You can have some processed foods, and you can have some treats on your birthday and on holidays and that sort of thing. But, but essentially the way that the diet is structured is that you pull out a lot, not all necessarily unless you want to, but a lot of the animal food, and you pull out a lot of the processed garbage that people tend to live on, and some of it is packaged to look like health food, but it's not, and you replace the calorie density in those two categories of foods with starchy foods like potatoes and uh, rice and beans and uh, whole grains. And, of course, when I start talking about starch, people become almost apoplectic. You know, they think that um, uh, starch makes you fat. Well, two billion Asians never got the memo. They're eating rice three, four times a day, and they're some of the leanest people in the world when they're still eating the, the typical Asian diet. So, so starch becomes the foundation. Those foods are like the centerpiece of your diet, and then lots of vegetables and lots of fruit. Um, we use a pyramid formation in our company as we're teaching this to people because as you go up the pyramid, you can see the, the little blocks get smaller and smaller, so you can see I should eat less of this than that. So you know, you get up toward the top of the pyramid and you're looking at processed foods like breads and pasta. Yeah, you can have some, but you shouldn't be eating more of that than whole foods. And, um, and after that, being very careful about fat, foods like nuts and avocado, um, I think a, an important myth to talk just a second about is the fact that people think that there's better fat. In other words, I don't need to eat low fat. I just need to eat better fat. There, there isn't any better fat. There's just on a dose-dependent basis high fat, and it causes a lot of health issues. Animal foods are optional, but okay to include in the diet as long as there's no dairy and that you buy organic and wild-caught um, animal food. And then at the top is this tiny little, you can barely see it on our pyramid, it's this little space called treats. And this is when, this is where we put things like red wine and cake and cookies and chocolate, okay for Thanksgiving and your birthday and New Year's Eve, but not okay for every day. Uh, really differentiating between food, the stuff we eat on Thursday when, you know, it's just a normal day and we're all happy to be alive, but there's just nothing special going on versus the stuff that we eat when it's a national holiday. Um, so that's basically the scheme of it. And if people within those categories, they can choose, people can choose the foods that they want. And if people can get that dietary pattern right, it is the best chance they have for a, not only a long life, but also a healthy life into old age. I mean, we're pretty good at keeping people alive in this country, but I don't think many of us want to end up the way a lot of people spend their last 20 years in a nursing home or memory care. So living on your own, thriving until you, like, drop dead one day. This is your best chance for doing that. Yes, good, good advice. 
And the blue zones are very interesting uh, throughout the world and in the U.S. We don't have many blue zones, though, in the U.S. No, we don't. And um, and one comment, I'll, I'll address a little bit of a misunderstanding about blue zones because I think this comes up often, too. If you start looking at the blue zones, their diet is a little bit more liberal than the one I just described to you. And so once in a while, I'll have a client in the office that'll say, yeah, I saw, you know, I read the book that you wrote and, and your textbook for this course that we teach for the, to our members and all this sort of thing. And, and uh, boy, those people in Sardinia and Icarius, Greece are, are eating a diet that's a little bit more liberal than this. And, I, and, my, and it, it's true. But I tell them, here's the difference. See, you're 45 years old and you have high cholesterol and high blood pressure and you're a type 2 diabetic. These people started at birth. And, and we're practicing all these good habits. So when most people are making a conversion to a health-promoting diet in adulthood after abusing themselves with bad food and too much wine, and all, just like I did, and so the diet that you convert to after three or four decades of not doing so well is not quite as liberal as the diet that you can commit to when you're born. The other thing is we don't live in those environments. I mean, I, I don't walk out my front door and work in my neighbor's vineyard. Um, I have a job that involves sitting a lot. I mean, there, there are all kinds of differences. So, so we can take a lot from the blue zones, and, and one common denominator is they are all eating a predominantly plant-based diet. There isn't a single carnivorous group among them. So um, they, they're not vegan, but, but tiny amounts of animal foods, copious amounts of plant foods, a tiny bit more liberal than ours, but these people start this diet and lifestyle at birth and live in a rather sequestered environment, which explains some of the differences. Yes, I was going to ask you about the effect of the environment and when you walk out and it's sunny and the air is clean and maybe you live near water, it's a lot healthier than walking out your your door and just getting in a car and driving into the city. So uh, definitely some differences. Yeah, and, and along that line, that's one of the reasons why exercise has to be focused on. Um, it, it, let's, let's go to someplace like Sardinia or Icarius, or there's a, a group in Costa Rica. These are people who have to work hard for existence, okay? Um, they, they farm. Um, some of them are shepherds and this sort of thing. And they, they, they are very, their daily life demands a lot of physical activity. Okay, so let's look at the daily life of somebody like me. I sit a lot. Um, it's difficult for me to have this conversation with you if I'm on a treadmill, right, or running around outside. So we do a lot of sitting in front of a computer and, and all that sort of thing. And I, I love my job, but the bottom line is that um, I have to make arrangements to deliberately exercise in a vigorous way at least once a day because my occupation doesn't provide me with much opportunity to do a lot of moving around. So people will say, well, but, but I'm physically active. Well, me too. I clean my own house and I weed flower beds and I'm, I'm pretty physically active too, but that's not a substitute for the type of hard work that people do living in some of these environments that keeps them muscular and, and aerobically fit and in shape. And, and that goes a long way toward uh, buying you health into the future too. Well, I think you've given us a lot of good information uh, let's talk about the first food of the day. Do you have any specific recommendations as a way to start the day healthfully? 
it doesn't really matter which food as long as you adhere to the pattern. So if you wanted to have black bean chili for breakfast, that's fine. If you want to have oatmeal and a banana, terrific. If you want to have um, uh, sweet potato lasagna, it's okay. You know, it's funny because here in the United States and in Western countries, we often have this idea of this is breakfast food and this is lunch food and this is snack food. In a lot of places, in both places actually, there's just food and the diets are pretty limited in many cases in terms of the number of different foods that people eat. So one of the things that we focus on when we're helping people make this conversion is you should eat things that you like to eat um, within the framework of the guidelines that we just talked about. So I have every morning I have for breakfast a smoothie that contains uh, vegetable powders, plant milk, a banana, frozen fruit, a tablespoon of flax seeds, some food-grade green tea, and a tablespoon of brewer's yeast. And then I have two pieces of um, uh, high-fiber uh, toast with uh, some fat-free hummus spread on it. That's what I eat for breakfast every morning. And it's a big breakfast because I'm really physically active and, and all that sort of thing. Well, some people like that, and then some people say, oh, I could never have something cold like a smoothie for breakfast. Okay, well, that's a bad idea for you then. So maybe you want to have hot oatmeal. Maybe you want to have soup. You know, So it, it, it's less important the specific foods than that we get the pattern right, and there's a great deal of flexibility within the pattern to just eat the things that you enjoy. Yes. Eating is supposed to be enjoyable, not forceful. And uh, right. I think individuals, one woman said, if you tell me I have to eat this food, I will. And I said, look at how what your face is doing. You can't stand yeah. it. Don't eat it. <laughs> well, I learned it the hard way. I'll share a story with you from early in my career when I really didn't. I was just learning how to do this. And I, I called a woman to follow up. We had had a, um, a meeting to get started on health improvement. She had a lot of health issues. And I said, well, how are things going? She says, okay. I said, well, you don't sound very excited about this. She goes, I'm eating kale. I'm eating green apples. I said, well, it doesn't sound like you like kale or green apples. She goes, I don't. I said, well, then why are you eating those foods? She said, well, you know, I went to this store, and they had these charts, and it said that green apples are the best apples and kale is the best green. But I said, oh, my gosh. I said, what kind of apples do you like? She goes, yellow ones. I said, eat those. I said, what, what kind of leafy vegetables do you like? She goes, well, I really like romaine lettuce. I said, go get a whole bunch of that, okay? And stop trying to force yourself to eat a particular food because one thing that we're really concerned about at our place that I think we need to pay more attention to is the ability to do this for a long time because people can force themselves to eat rather bizarre dietary patterns and choke down foods they don't like. They can do it for a while, but it doesn't usually turn into something sustainable. So if you'll eat green apples and romaine lettuce and you know other plant foods that you like, and that's something you can stick with for 10 years, I'm a lot happier with that than I am kale and green apples for three weeks and people saying, oh my gosh, if I have to do this for the rest of my life, I'm just going to quit. Well, that's, that's a good story, and we want to hear more in the next segment. If you've just tuned in, folks, you're with The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour. We're having an interesting conversation with Dr. Pam Popper, and we're talking about food over medicine. So stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. 
MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green and Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we're having an interesting discussion with Dr. Pam Popper, who is a naturopath, an internationally recognized expert on nutrition, medicine, and health. She's also the executive director of Wellness Forum Health. And the company offers educational programs for consumer and healthcare providers that include evidence based, collaborative, and informed decision making. I said that very slowly. It's important to hear those words for health related matters. So, Dr. Popper, let's talk about diet and different types of conditions, including different types of cancers. Great. And, and you know, when you were uh, introducing the segment, you talked about evidence-based. Um, one thing I think we should say is that there's a lot of confusion out there about diet and all, all aspects of health. 
And part of the problem is that there's so much garbage in the medical journals, and I mean that. I chose that word deliberately. In fact, we think probably close to 90 95% of it is wrong. And so who's to judge what's wrong? Well, I've always said that, that part of the problem with diet is that when people are talking about the right diet, um, it, the discussion goes something like this. He said, she said my doctor, your doctor, I read a book and then you read a book, and I have a friend and you have a friend and I saw this website, but you saw another one, my boyfriend's neighbor's best friend's mother's uncle says. And this circular discussion goes nowhere. So we go to the medical literature and we start looking at this study, that study. Well, one of the things that, that we've done and we teach our clients how to do this is you have to learn to discern. And so we have some filtering criteria that we apply to studies, things like conflicts of interest and is the study design appropriate for what's being looked at, is the follow-up time um, uh, appropriate, is it clinically meaningful or is it just statistically significant? I mean, one study showed that eating nuts would lower your risk of a heart attack by six-tenths of one percent. I don't know that six-tenths of one percent gets people very excited about anything, you know. So, so as we talk about what is the, it, how diet affects uh, cancer, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, for example, um, you get into a lot of disagreement about this. But if we can just say, listen, um, we're going we're gonna to make this evidence-based, and then we're going to take it a step further, and we're going to filter the evidence by some pre-agreed-upon formula so that we don't get into the he said, she said, this study, that study. So having said that, we could probably do a whole show on just how that all works. Um, let's take cancer. I mean, you know, every year we celebrate Breast, breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I've always found it really interesting that it's all about pink M&Ms and pink buckets of fried chicken. Which yes, you thank you. You're kidding me, right? Thank I mean, you. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so we're doing a breast cancer campaign this year um, where we're asking women to sign a pledge form that says I'm going to eat more plants, move more, limit alcohol, and work toward achieving a healthy weight because those are really things that make a difference. And when you take a look at the dietary part of it, eating more plants, um, getting away from dairy foods, for example, I mean, dairy contains estrogen and estrogen metabolites. And most breast cancers are estrogen receptor positive. So if you want to avoid breast cancer, you first of all want to get estrogen-containing foods out of your diet, that's dairy. You want to get the weight off because um, your fat cells produce hormones converted to estrogen by an enzyme called aromatase in the bloodstream. So you get rid of the weight. Well, when you eat a low-fat plant-based diet, the weight comes off. You get rid of the dairy. That's a source of estrogen that goes away. A high-fiber diet, the fiber's in the plant foods. It's not in the animal foods. High-fiber diet, which carries waste product, including estrogen, out of the body, so it can't be resorbed back into the system and circulate in the plasma again. And you really start to show meaningful lowering of the risk of breast cancer. The alcohol issue is real important. Alcohol is it's a carcinogen, and that's why it's at the treat category. I don't think you have to be a teetotaler, but in a dose-dependent manner, every alcoholic drink that you have um, on a regular basis increases your risk of many, many diseases, including cancer. And um, there's a lot of confusion about research that has shown that, oh, people who are moderate drinkers, they're actually healthier they're not. Um, if you take a look at, and this goes to the study design issue that I was talking about earlier, a lot of these studies that have shown that alcohol is protective are comparing social drinkers to former drinkers. 
Now, why do people become former drinkers? Well, one reason might be because they're alcoholic, and we don't usually find that most alcoholics are in excellent health. Um, Another reason might be, oh, my gosh, I, I have cancer or I had a heart attack. I've got to straighten up and fly right. So there's only one study I've ever found that actually used a good comparative group, and it was um, comparing social drinkers to never drinkers. Boy, that's a whole different uh, ballgame. And there was no benefit at all. One, one tiny, slight, barely statistically significant benefit for women my age who had less than two drinks per month. Okay? So um, it's very important to pay attention to the solid foods that you're putting in your mouth in the way that I mentioned earlier. But if you want to reduce your risk of breast cancer, you also really want to get the alcohol down to treat category. I mean, I don't make any excuses for myself thinking that wine with dinner every night is health-promoting. It's cancer-promoting, not health-promoting. Excellent. Yes, it's it's a real concern. And people people like to hear that, uh, there's a study that says uh, a little bit of alcohol is okay. A little bit is differently defined by uh, those right. that you're talking to. Just a little bit might mean five glasses a night to some people. Uh, so thank you for right. clarifying. Well, people like to hear people like to hear good news about their bad habits, and, <laughs> and I think one of the things that we tell people is that you know it, it, don't latch on to all the headlines that you hear because sometimes those headlines are specifically about good news for bad habits because they know that it'll get a lot of attention. And I'll tell you about an interesting um, study. I wrote a very long paper about this uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, you might have heard about it. It's the study that showed that red and processed meat it, reducing it in the diet didn't really reduce your risk of cancer or heart disease very much. And so, and, and furthermore, people really like eating red and processed meat, so they probably aren't going to change their diet anyway. And um, everything that, that all of our filters, the, the alarms went off. So first of all, the lead author had already gotten in trouble for not con, uh, con, um, disclosing conflicts of interest. He was a paid researcher for a, a trade group that's so bad, they're so conflicted that Mars Candy withdrew their membership and said, we can't afford to be associated with these people. So when you make M&Ms and you're saying this group is bad for our public image, just think about that one for a minute, right? Yes. Well, the, well, the, the, the study design was terrible, the whole nine yards, but actually the study showed that if people would just reduce but not even eliminate their um, uh, consumption of red and processed meat, that they would be able to um, lower, that we would lower the death rate in this country by 352,000 deaths a year. In other words, by limiting those foods from cancer, heart disease, and all-cause mortality, it would be the biggest advancement in public health and the history of public health in the United States, more important than smoking. So this is what happens when you take apart bad studies and you start looking at them critically. But going to what I said earlier, the good news about your bad habits, the Annals of Internal Medicine published this article, and they've published a lot of garbage can articles um, like this. Uh, they're the ones that published the Chaduri study that showed that, that people said showed that saturated fat wasn't harmful, and Time Magazine had that stick of butter on the cover and said, eat butter, that's the cover story. I remember. Oh my gosh, people love to hear that, right? And um, as it turns out, what we think that they're doing is deliberately publishing this garbage because then everybody clicks on the study and their impact factor, which is like the Nielsen's for yes. radical journals, goes up. And people say, oh, good, butter is good for me. Bologna is good for me. Good news about your bad habits. Yes, yes. And it's very hard, you know, when you try to simplify 
something that's complex, you lose accuracy. And right. if you get too complex, you end up with confusion. It is, it's very difficult to get some of these concepts across. I think you do it exceptionally well, and your explanations are very easy to understand. Uh, what other cancers, or is it for all cancers, that you see uh, healthy diet interventions being uh, a positive move and reducing risks? All cancers. Uh, let's take dairy and prostate cancer. You know the risk that a man will develop prostate cancer from eating dairy is higher than the risk that a smoker will develop lung cancer. Yes. Think about that for a yes. minute. Um, but, but it's all of them. And, it's, it, it, and, and the best protection, this is what I love about diet. You know, when we, when we talk about strategies for health in medicine, we talk about targeting drugs for specific markers. You take a statin drug for your cholesterol, then you take a beta blocker for your blood pressure, and if you have a clogged artery, we do a bypass surgery, and if you're a diabetic, we give you metformin. Well, it's all very targeted, and it's wonderful for the drug companies that medicine is structured this way. But when you take a step back and you say, okay, let's, uh, let, let's say, for example, a person listening to this says, oh, cancer runs in my family. I'm very worried about that. So I'm going to listen to what Pam says. I'm going to do a lot of these things. Good idea. But while you're doing these things to reduce your risk of breast cancer or prostate cancer or brain cancer or any kind, you will also reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, arthritis, autoimmune diseases, and the list goes on and on and on. You reduce your risk of everything. So the breadth of the effect is pretty amazing. And as if that's not spectacular enough, it's cheaper to eat this way, and everybody has to eat anyway. So what you're really talking about is diverting a portion of your grocery bill a little bit differently, and that's a whole lot easier for people to do economically in most cases than to make room for co-pays on drugs, which are reaching astronomical uh, heights. I mean, we have people who their co-pay on their drugs is five, $600 a month, and that's a lot of money for almost anybody. It is. Years ago, as a dental hygienist, when I got interested in nutrition, I did a lot more education about the quality of the diet beyond dental health. And one of my patients uh, had the experience of her diabetes improving so significantly. And her physician called me and said, you have no business treating diabetes as a dental hygienist. And I said, I'm not. I'm teaching the patient how to eat a healthy diet. I can't help it that her diabetes improved. And maybe it right. would be good to understand why. Um, that was uh, a memory. But again, that was a long time ago. You don't hear as much of uh, that type of complaint uh, now. But we're, no. going to, we're going to carry this conversation uh, forward. Uh, Dr. Popper, you're so interesting. And if you've just tuned in, folks, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, talking with Dr. Pam Popper. Hang in there, folks. We'll be right back after this break. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. 7 available at Village Green Apothecary. 
New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Magnesium is needed for more than 30 chemical activations from metabolizing food for energy to muscle contraction. Although it plays a massive role in the body, it's also one of the most common nutrient deficiencies. Pure Encapsulations Magnesium Glycinate offers a highly absorbable and gentle form of this important nutrient free from artificial ingredients, gluten, and GMOs. This product Product is available at Village Green Apothecary or online at myvillagegreen.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to today's final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. We have been carrying on a very interesting conversation with Dr. Pam Popper, and she's a naturopath, an internationally recognized expert in nutrition, medicine, and health. Um, She also has some very successful books. Uh, Dr. Popper, could you tell us about your books and about the documentary and what a change Forks Over Knives made? Yeah. So thank you for asking. Forks Over Knives was the first widely viewed documentary I was in. I had done some, been filmed for some other things that were shown on television and that sort of thing. But this was the first really big thing. And and, uh, the producer, Brian Wendell, had said from the beginning he wanted it to play in theaters. And and, um, we all wanted that too. I think one thing that people didn't realize in terms of what we were thinking is that Brian was investing so much of himself and so much money in this. Um, this was going to go one of two ways. Either we were going to make a great film and then we'd be happy we made a great film or we were going to make a great film and it was going to become outrageously successful and it would pave the way for more films, more books, etc. Unfortunately, the latter is what happened. And the reason I think that's so important is that um, you know, people used to not have very much access to information about health And then books started coming out, and new books are coming out all the time. I think that's great. But you and I both know that the way people like to digest information right now is video and audio. They want to watch films, they want to listen to shows like this, podcasts, that kind of thing. 
And so what's happened is, thanks to the success of Forks Over Knives, you have all kinds of people now producing films. I mean, Mihal Sarisky picked me up to be in his film Food Choices and another one called Diet Fiction, and, and the list goes on and on. So you can go to Netflix or Amazon Prime and just put in a little search engine documentaries about health or documentaries about diet, and you can binge watch for an entire weekend or 10 weekends, depending on what kind of stuff you're interested in. And um, I was asked one time, what do I think the big game changers are in health? I said, YouTube and Netflix. Yes, yes. <laughs> we really? Well, yeah, because it's a, this is material about this very important topic presented in a way that is easy for everybody to access and understand and enjoy and that kind of stuff. And, and we see it all the time. I say, well, how did you find out about us? Well, you know, I started Googling and I found your YouTube channel or I started um, doing some research and I found, I found this film. I saw on Netflix and then I watched seven more and by boy I'm convinced you know sign me up I'm ready to go so I think that this is really important and and we'll see more and more and more of this kind of thing there's really quite a great library of stuff for people to watch out there now well and they need to be discerning and you re- you recommended ways of discerning the information and certainly uh, knowing the interests of the researcher. And I've noticed that in research, that really is emphasized. Uh, and it's important. Well, here's another thing. Here's another thing I'll mention. And, and I, I think first thing is, remember when your mother used to say, if it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true, right? <laughs> that's what you heard when you were a kid. But but really, that's when people like to hear good news about their bad habits. If you're feeling really great about getting permission to do something that you really want to keep doing, that, that might be the first alarm bell. But the other thing, there was a great philosopher and scientist, no relation to me, but his name was Dr. Karl Popper. And um, he escaped the Nazis and lived in London, I believe, for most of his life. And he basically talked about the best way to look at a new idea. He said, assume it's untrue. Unless in the process of proving it untrue, it becomes true. In other words, what most people do is they hear something new, you know, butter is back. And they go, ha, okay, butter's back. I'm going to go buy some now. Instead of doing what they should do, which is to say, these people say it's okay to eat saturated fat. That doesn't sound quite right to me. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's wrong. So I'm going to start gathering evidence that it's wrong. Now, in the process of doing that, if you somehow figure out that it's right, terrific, then you know you really are on to something. But, but it's exactly the opposite way that most people digest information, which is every shiny new thing coming down the path that somebody tells you about, you're ready to jump on the bandwagon. And sometimes, you know, it, it, no harm, no foul, but sometimes it's dangerous. I remember a person contacting us who had lost 100 pounds on a paleo diet, and that sounds on the surface like, wow, maybe that paleo diet works. The problem was she'd blown out her kidneys because of the protein load. She was on a kidney transplant list. So I don't think you want to be a skinny person waiting for a kidney transplant. That's not exactly the outcome people want. So how'd she find out about the paleo diet? My cousin did it. You know, again, back to he said, she said, and I've got a friend, you've got a friend kind of stuff. So a little bit more discernment. You know, stop, think, research, then act instead of jump on it, act, wait for disaster to happen and say, oh, I better start checking stuff out now. And the same thing is true in traditional medicine. We have some wonderful doctors out there. We do some great life-saving things in the medical system. But every time a doctor says, take this drug, have this test, you need this procedure, the best answer if it's not an emergency is, 
great ideas. Um, please give me any research you have about this. I'll review it real carefully, and I'll be looking into it myself, and then I'll get back to you and let you know what the plan's going to be. And um, the, just the opposite of what everybody's doing in health-related matters. Yes, you mentioned statins, and what's interesting is they are supposed to, they reduce the risk for death from a heart attack, but they don't reduce the death rate. And that's in small print. And most people are not aware. And even when you say it that way, they think, oh, good, I'm going to live longer. Maybe not. And so uh, this is right up the alley that you're in with regard to what's that medication, how much is too much, how much is enough, uh, what else can I do? A lot of it's a lot of it's figuring out if you're the person who can benefit. So statins do reduce the risk of a heart attack by, on a population basis by seven-tenths of a percent. Very low. Okay? So yes. Very low. Now, if you have a condition called familial hypercholesterolemia, yes. your body makes cholesterol no matter what you eat, and your cholesterol is 450 no matter what you eat, you're a person who's going to benefit from taking a statin drug. But there's no money for drug companies and for medical institutions and doing things just to people who need them. The money is in convincing everybody that they need it. Yes. So I can make a list of maybe a half a dozen things in medicine we should just stop doing. All the rest of it is okay for a small subset of people who benefit, and the key is figuring out if you're one of those people or not. And fortunately, there are a lot of databases out there that can assist in this process, like number needed to treat and, and that sort of thing where you can yes. get to the bottom line. And, and one of the things, and I found that one of the reasons to spend a little time on this is that people say, well, how do you motivate somebody to do this? You know, diet change can be difficult. Even as, We try to make it easier, but it, it's, a, it's a big shift and all that. Well, one of the things is if people start, we call it drinking the medical Kool-Aid. You're hanging out with doctors, doing what they say, and you think that it protects you, but it really doesn't, right? And so if you understand that, and I, I've given lectures where you can watch the color drain from somebody's face when you say statin drugs reduce your risk of a heart attack by seven-tenths of a percent. Well, that's a good time to talk about diet because clearly what you're doing right now isn't working out so well at all, right? Correct. So the, the, the lack of efficacy for a lot of these things becomes a great motivator for people to pay more attention to what does matter, which is what you put in your mouth every day. Exactly. And well said. Uh, give us a few patient stories. I think they're important. Yeah, um, we, talk, we work with a lot of people who have inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's and colitis. And about 20 years ago, we started working on a phased-in protocol, which we've perfected over time. I have a couple of dietitians in the office who work with us on this, too. And it's a plant-based diet that lowers inflammation and, for, and, and it succeeds in doing one thing for almost everybody. It reduces the amount of medication people are taking. For some people, it gives them extremely long periods of time, drug-free remission, which is important. We have some people who've been in remission for 19, 20 years now, which is remarkable. Um, but I'll tell you one story that, that uh, is really good. Her story is in my book, and, and I can, uh, uh, so her name is okay to use. But um, this woman's name is Jill Collette, and she was a yoga teacher. She had just been hired as a yoga teacher in our, in our office. And um, uh, she said to me one day, I've had ulcerative colitis for 21 years, and she had been taking drugs this whole time. And so I'm starting to get concerned because the drugs really aren't working so well. So we did the whole protocol with her. And um, she has now been drug-free and asymptomatic for about 12 years. 
And um, so that's if you compare that to the usual trajectory of somebody who has ulcerative colitis, it's a progressive disease. It gets extreme, you know, it picks up steam as you get older. It progresses more quickly, and um, and so that's a, a wonderful story. And uh, she shares it with everybody she meets, and it has driven a lot of people to call us. I love that story. Another one that I'll tell you, and this I probably will cry because I cry every time I tell the story. So um, this one goes way back. Uh, this woman. Uh, called one day and she said I have leukemia and the chemotherapy isn't working and I think I'm going to die and I'm scared so I just got down on my knees in the hallway yesterday and said if there's an answer for me out there God I want you to point me in the right direction and the next day she met somebody who I worked with and that's how she ended up calling us so um, yes, <laughs> she ate her way out of the leukemia, <laughs> she, and, and what was really miraculous about this at the end, I mean, it's a longer story than this, and it's a beautiful story, but um, she had had enough chemotherapy to put her into menopause, and she was very disappointed that she was never going to have children, And uh, but she continued on this very, very, probably stricter than most people, but after a scare like that, sometimes people will do that, you know. And uh, so she continued on this very strict diet and one day called me and said, Pam, I don't want to be too excited about this, but I think I'm having a menstrual period. And, um, well, sure enough, she was, and she gave birth to a beautiful little boy who's now 16. (laughs) So, um, and every time this family comes into the office, I mean, we all just get teary-eyed because it's been such a great a great, wonderful thing that happened to have somebody be so close to death and get rescued by food, right? Yes. Everybody thinks that all the rescuing is technology, and gosh, sometimes it is, you know, but with these foodborne illnesses, the, the dramatic, heroic rescue is broccoli and rice. Think about it. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. I love it. You have given us lots of good information and how can people access your information? Do you have your website? Well, I give away a lot of free information. I put out a newsletter every Monday with a health article in it. I put out video clips with health information every Tuesdays and Thursdays that's free. You can sign up by sending me an email, pampopper at msn.com. Our website is wellnessformhealth.com. We have the biggest collection of referenced articles and uh, educational programming, 3,500 hours of educational programming about everything from irritable bowel to cancer uh, and, um, and, and everything in between. So lots of stuff to learn, but we'll let you learn a whole bunch of it for free if you want to be on our subscriber list. Perfect. Well, thank you, Dr. Popper, for joining us, and thank you for all the information. Thank you for having me. And I want to thank you listeners for joining us here on the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. You can access this show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. And I'm always reminded that every day is a new day uh, to make health-enhancing choices. And that's important. Every minute's a new minute. You can change right now. And please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take, it's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day.
Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle today and every day. At Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.